RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. An expert warns of a possible fifth wave of COVID infections if it's confirmed the typo man has the mutant Delta strain. Quarantine restrictions for travellers arriving from the UK are to be tightened from Monday and exhibitors at the upcoming book fair are warned not to breach the national security law. The Dean of the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Medicine, Professor Gabriel Leung, says lab results will show tomorrow whether a 27-year-old Taipo man has the more contagious Delta COVID variant. He said the variant had turned up in Taipo sewage samples. This prompted widespread testing there yesterday and fears of a fifth wave of infections. Here's Professor Leung. Delta is the strain that we have now identified first in the wastewater sewage surveillance. So I very much remember the result coming into our laboratory on June the 22nd from a sample that was taken on June 21st. So that was the first sample that had a very large catchment area in Taipo that had a very, very high viral load of about 58,000 viral copies. So that was a very, very red alert for us. The 27-year-old Taipo man had tested preliminary positive yesterday for the L452R mutated strain, which is present in the Delta variant. Today, the Centre for Health Protection confirmed he had COVID-19 and more tests were being done. The man works for Hong Kong Airlines and has been in contact with aircrew. He's also worked at the Uptown Plaza shopping mall. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Chuang Shuk Kwan said none of the man's family members had tested positive. She said he probably caught the virus at the airport. On the balance of probability, as we do not have any variant cases in the community so far, so we would suspect he has some connection with overseas cases or imported cases. So we will think that the place where he get the infection is more likely from the airport where he work. But as for the excess source of infection is still being under investigation. There were also six imported cases, four students who arrived from the UK and two women from Indonesia. Health officials say the quarantine requirements for people returning from the UK will be tightened from Monday after a surge in COVID-19 cases involving a more infectious strain of the virus there. The country will return to the very high risk category and travellers will need to show a negative test result carried out within 72 hours of the time of their flight as well as confirmation of a reservation at a designated hotel where they will undergo 21 days of quarantine. Four tests will be conducted during the period with another compulsory test on the 26th day of their arrival in Hong Kong. Organisers of the annual book fair say they will not be screening the books to be sold at the week-long event next month, but warn police will be called in if they receive any national security complaints. Timmy Sung has more. Benjamin Chow, Deputy Executive Director of the Trade Development Council, said the book fair is open and free and there will not be any censorship. But he said exhibitors will be reminded to abide by all local laws. When this uh, national security law has been enacted, I am I, I, quite sure that uh, all publishers uh, will abide to this arrangement. The chairperson of Hong Kong Publishing Professional Society, Anita Wen, says she doesn't think firms will exercise self-censorship on sensitive political books. Publishers uh, have its own uh, choice of their yeah, exhibit. So uh, I don't think there is an issue of self-censorship. Yeah, they, they have their rights to select what they want to show at the buffet. 
Meanwhile, anti-epidemic measures will also be put in place, including a requirement for all staff and exhibitors to get vaccinated against COVID-19 or get tested for the virus. The fair will be held at Wan Chai's Exhibition and Convention Centre between July 14th and 20th, with over 700 exhibitors taking part. It had been cancelled last year after a major COVID-19 outbreak last summer. Rescuers are searching for survivors in the rubble of a 12-storey apartment building that partially collapsed in the U.S. city of Miami. The fire service says 80 crews are on the scene near Miami Beach in Florida. Initial pictures show a boy being evacuated from the rubble. At least one person is reported dead. David Shaw was in the building next door. I looked out the window and you couldn't see. I thought it was like a storm or something coming in. And then uh, when the dust cleared, there was the back half of the building or back Two-thirds of the building was gone. It's down to the ground. It's not clear how many people were in the block when it came down in the early hours of the morning. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now five minutes past 11. Authorities say they're investigating why about a dozen books written by Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai went on display at the Sektong Choi Public Library. Here's Timmy Sung again. Jimmy Lai has been charged with colluding with foreign forces to endanger national security and is currently being remanded ahead of his trial. He is also serving jail time for his participation in a number of unauthorized assemblies. A photo posted on DAB legislator Horace Jones' Facebook page showed 13 books written by the prominent pro-democracy figure sitting on a librarian's choice shelf. It's clear when the picture was taken. In response, a spokesman for the Leisure and Cultural Services Department, or LCSD, said authorities will handle the matter seriously and find out whether any staff member was at fault. He stressed, libraries must ensure that their collections comply with the national security law. The LCSD will seriously handle any collections that are suspected of breaching the law and suspend the services of the relevant books, the spokesman added. A police officer has told the national security trial of Tong Ying Kit he fired two pepper shots to try to stop the motorcyclist but missed him. Mr Tong is charged with inciting secession, terrorism and dangerous driving for allegedly riding his bike into police while flying a protest flag. Jimmy Choi reports. Superintendent Tam Wan Yi told the High Court that there had been protesters in the Wan Chai area on the afternoon of July the 1st last year and police had been out in force to maintain public order. She said at around 3.30pm, Mr Tong's motorbike sped past her and other officers who had formed a checkline at the junction of Hennessy Road and Luard Road. When cross-examined by defence lawyer Clive Grossman, Ms Tam conceded that Mr Tong could have directly driven into the police officers if he had wanted to, but he didn't. Sergeant Chu Kong, who had been stationed at the second checkline on Hennessy Road, said he had signaled for the motorbike to stop by raising his baton. But the driver accelerated, he said, from around 40 to 60 kilometers per hour as he came closer to the checkline, then drove past it. When asked by the defense whether Mr. Tong had avoided running his motorbike into the police officers, Mr. Chu said he did avoid them at the last moment. He also agreed that the driver could have hit them had he intended to. Policeman Wang Sun Hua told the court that he was among a group of officers who tried to stop the motorbike at the junction of Luat Road and Jaffa Road. He said they had been told by the commander that the biker was flying a protest flag that may breach the national security law, and they would have to stop him. But Mr Tong avoided them after making a right turn into Jaffa Road, the officer said.
Policeman Lo Chong Lai, meanwhile, said he had fired two pepper rounds at the junction as Mr. Tong sped past, hoping to stop the defendant, but neither of the shots hit him. The defense lawyer asked whether it wasn't dangerous to fire pepper rounds at a motorbike driver. But the officer said it wasn't because he had fired the shots when he was close to the defendant, aiming for his body and not his head. Had he fired from further away, the motorbike might have overturned and injured officers at the scene, he said. The trial continues. Tens of thousands of people braved the rain throughout the day to snap up copies of the final edition of the Apple Daily newspaper, which was forced to end a 26-year run after getting embroiled in a national security crackdown. Priscilla Ng reports. Long queues stretched around newspaper stands across the city after an emotional final print run at the Apple Daily headquarters, which was forced to shut after authorities froze more than $18 million of its assets in a national security investigation. The pro-democracy paper printed a record 1 million copies, or more than 10 times its usual print run. But many people still had trouble getting their hands on copies as they were instantly snapped up at many newsstands and convenience stores. Some told RTHK they were very sad and furious about the shutdown and they had scrambled from one district to another just to secure a piece of history. We will keep this newspaper with us as long as uh, we live. This is uh, the final gift from the newspaper. Uh, We will treasure it. It's sad and it's witness to the end of Apple Daily. The newspapers were the last chance for fans to read articles by Apple Daily as its website, social media pages and mobile phone app all went offline at midnight. Hong Kongers bid painful farewell in the rain, chanting, We support Apple Daily, was the final headline, as the newspaper said its own goodbye to the people of Hong Kong. It wished them peace and expressed the hope that colleagues who had lost their freedom could return home soon. The paper also drew reference to a recent political cartoon, noting that an apple may be buried, but its seeds will grow into a tree full of bigger and more beautiful fruit. Two Apple Daily executives arrested over alleged violations of the national security law are seeking court orders for the police to return journalistic or legally protected material seized during recent raids. Damon Pang reports. The writ has been filed by the paper's chief editor, Ryan Law, who's been charged with conspiring to collude with external forces, and a former head of animation news, Jiang Chi Wai, who is on police bail. They're asking the High Court to decide whether items seized from a paper's newsroom and their homes count as journalistic material or information covered by legal professional privilege. They also want the court to rule whether any of the items taken were not covered by the warrants obtained by the police. If confiscated material does fall under any of the three categories, the pair want it to be returned and are asking for compensation. Earlier this month, the paper's parent company, Next Digital, lost a similar court case over documents seized by the police during a raid last August, when Apple Daily found that Jimmy Lai was charged with an alleged national security offence. Beijing's foreign ministry office in Hong Kong has accused Western politicians of using press freedom as an excuse to continuously attack the SAR's national security law. Here's Damon Pang again. Western governments, rights groups and media organizations have spent the past week raising concerns over press freedom in Hong Kong following the arrest and prosecution of Apple Daily executives under the national security law. 
U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price said the United States was deeply concerned by what he called selective and politically motivated use of the legislation, while British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab said the security law was being used as a tool to curtail freedoms and punish dissent rather than keep public order. In a statement, the Foreign Ministry office says it is strongly against the politicians' faces of hegemony. It says no person or organization can endanger national security in the name of press freedom. And this legal principle is commonplace internationally. There's no press freedom in this world that overrides the law, the office says. It says the authority of the national security law cannot be challenged, and Western politicians who are anti-China should realize what the reality is and stop interfering in China's internal affairs. Any attempts to suppress China's development and damage the SAR stability are doomed to fail. It warns. The former Philippine President Benigno Aquino has died at the age of 61. A family statement said he died from kidney failure due to diabetes. The BBC's Ben Lowings reports. Known as Noi Noi, the former Liberal Party chief belongs to an influential political dynasty, opposed to the hardline rule of President Ferdinand Marcos. His father, Nino, a senator, was assassinated in 1983, and his mother, Corazon, became president after the Philippines' People Power Revolution of 1986. While in office, Benigno Aquino brought in economic reforms and made a serious effort to tackle corruption. He was succeeded by Rodrigo Duterte in 2016. A well-known, outspoken Palestinian critic of the Palestinian Authority has died after being arrested by its security forces during a pre-dawn raid. The BBC's Yolan Nell has more details. His relatives say his home was raided early this morning and that Mr Banat was badly beaten by a large group of Palestinian security officers. He was shouting as they took him away. The Hebron governor says his health deteriorated while he was in custody and he died. A post-mortem examination is to be carried out. Human rights groups have previously accused Palestinian security forces which receive international funding of routinely arresting and torturing peaceful critics and opponents to crush dissent. However, deaths in custody are rare. The European Union is calling for a full independent investigation. Turning to sports and football where UEFA is scrapping the away goals rule for all of its club competitions from next season. The rule has been used since 1965 to determine the winner of a two-legged knockout tie in cases where the two teams had scored the same number of goals on aggregate over the two matches. From next season, if both teams score the same number of goals over the two legs, the tie will be decided by playing two 15-minute periods of extra time at the end of the second leg. In the event the teams score the same number of goals or fail to score at all during extra time, the match will go to penalties. A reminder of our top stories tonight, an expert warns of a possible fifth wave of COVID infections if it's confirmed a typo man has the mutant Delta strain. Quarantine restrictions for travellers arriving from the UK are to be tightened from Monday and exhibitors at the upcoming book fair are warned not to breach the national security law. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
musical called Hair, Fifth Dimension, a massive band in the 60s with songs like Wedding Bell Blues, Up, Up and Away. And of course, the musical itself was a pretty big thing as well, singing about the age of Aquarius. We've moved on from that, by the way. We're currently in the age of Pisces, and apparently the next time we're in Aquarius is going to be 2448, or as they say here in Hong Kong, 2448. Frankie Valley next. How are you doing into our second hour of the Magical Mystery Tour tonight? Don't forget, of course, our sentimental journey after the news at midnight. 